When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And let's be honest, folks, doesn't really matter what we do if we don't have money. (laughs) We can have the greatest intentions in the world. We can have the greatest product, the greatest service in the world. But if we don't have money, it's not going to get us very far. And so we're going to be talking with a gentleman today about how to make more money. That's the important thing, um, you know, and or or actually, I should say more importantly, how to not lose money. See, I paid attention. Um, so please join me in welcoming Roger Corey to our program today. Welcome, Roger. How are you doing Good today? Good morning. Thank you, Deb. It's a pleasure to be here. Cool. I love it. Well, let me read your bio, which I have to tell you is probably the shortest bio anybody has ever sent me. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's a good thing, I hope. (laughs) It's great because then it gives us more time to chat. I love it. So Roger Corey is the founder and CEO of Market Forecasting Academy, which he established to train and mentor investors on his innovative approach to the world's financial markets. And it is called Demand Imbalance arbitrage. So again, Roger, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Great. Well, you know, I always like to ask my guests how they got to where they are today and how you discovered that this is your passion in life. Well, actually, I'm going to kind of circle back to what you just said about making more money. And um, and I think one of the problems in my youth was mm-hmm. just searching for ways to make money. Right. And it's it's a very logical leap, right? Mm-hmm. But actually, it's, it works against us because mm-hmm. it tends to create very natural blind spots. Right. Um, and, and this is where we've, you know, you probably heard the phrase shiny object syndrome. Mm-hmm. Oh, because yeah, squirrel. That's it, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. There's two things that, that people don't think about. Mm-hmm. When they think about making money, they look at opportunities that look good. Right. And they'll, they'll, they'll be smart about it. They'll do their mm-hmm. due, due diligence. Mm-hmm. But, but then there's always this, I don't know what I don't know. The unknown, the X factor occurs, mm-hmm. right? And things don't work out the way they want. Right. The other thing is they don't consider, well, I want to be successful. I want to make money. Mm-hmm. But at what cost? Right. What's the price mm-hmm. of being financially well off? Mm-hmm. Um, you, have, you could be a doctor. Mm-hmm. You could be a lawyer, right? But we also know those professions tend to create 60, 70, 80 hour weeks. Right. And are, are draining on you both mentally, emotionally, physically. I found out from a, a client of mine who's a doctor, he, I, I was shocked. He said, did you know that um, the medical profession, doctors, medical doctors have the number one highest suicide rate of all professions? I, I, didn't, I didn't know that until he mm-hmm. told me. I was blown away. And so um, the idea is if we're going to pursue anything that's going to help us make more money, we should also think about, will this thing take over my life? Mm-hmm. Will I enjoy it? Right. And you know, am I going to become a slave to it? Or will it actually give mm-hmm. me freedom? Right. What kind of freedom? Mm-hmm. Time freedom. There's nothing more valuable to me in my life than time freedom. Having the time to, to, to do what I want to do and not where I have to be relegated to you know, the, the two or three times here where I can where I have to kind of book... Uh, and schedule some time off, you know, and and, and get my va- little vacation. I kid, a lot of times people say, why do you do what you do? How come you're personally involved? Why don't you just like 
you know, delegate things out and just grow this thing, you know, and you, mm-hmm. I don't want to grow. I, I enjoy meeting with people. I enjoy, mm-hmm. this is, I'm an extrovert. So I, I get mm-hmm. a lot of my energy from being with others. And I have, mm-hmm. I've been blessed with an abundance of time. I, I say, I can't, I say every day to me is a Saturday except mm-hmm. for Sunday. <laughs> okay. And so I've got a lot of time and my wife mm-hmm. and I have abundant time together. And so mm-hmm. we enjoy uh, the lives and the relationships of the, mm-hmm. of the people that we have in our, in our life. And so, um, and what I've come to teach and do wasn't any intention. I, I, what I developed was for me, mm-hmm. it was when I was volunteering a lot during the week at, at a, at a local church. And, you know, I was working with a lot of older ladies and, and mm-hmm. then after, I don't know, I think it was like a two or three months, they came up to me and said, you know, don't, don't take this the wrong way. We love that you're here, but mm-hmm. you know, you seem like you're doing well, but, but how is it you're always, why are you, how can you be here? Yeah. Everyone else Don't is Don't you hard. work young man. <laughs> That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, no, of course I would explain what I did. I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. But isn't that risky and gambling in the markets? I said, no, no, I actually developed something that's actually more conservative than real estate. Mm-hmm. Really? And so that went on. I explained that a little bit. Then about a few months later, her son graduated. This one particular lady, her son graduated from high school. And then she comes up to me coffee hour after church. And she said, can I ask you for a small favor? I said, what? She's like, you know, I know you love helping and I know mm-hmm. you've got a lot of time. Would you be willing to mentor my son and train him on what you do during mm-hmm. the summer? I don't want him messing around, just partying and wasting his time in, in mm-hmm. the summer. I want to be productive, you know? I said, sure, I'd love to do that. I used to teach Sunday school. So I, I, mm-hmm. I love teaching. It's, it's right. a, I, I think I have a teacher's heart naturally and I, it's very rewarding. So mm-hmm. I, I, would, I think I would, I'd, I'd enjoy that. So I did that. And then he began to replicate my performance ah. result. And I thought, wow, this is really cool. I got mm-hmm. so excited. I felt so personally like there was a, you get a sense of fulfillment, right? You're, you're contributing to another person's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then all, out of that, other people started to say, wow, would you be willing to teach me? Mm-hmm. And it just became this thing mm-hmm. that I just had grew on me. To mm-hmm. this day, 90% of my clients are word of mouth referrals from existing clients. So ah, that should tell you something. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 11 plus years later. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love this. And so I, I'm, and it's my life's work. And mm-hmm. I, and it, it, what happened was it, it led into developing a, a process in which I get to know people individually and mm-hmm. I get to create a community of people that I select and choose that I want to be in, mm-hmm. in theirs. Right. And it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. But all of this really started with my motivation to free myself and never have to experience what I went through as a child. My mm-hmm. dad and mom immigrated to the United States. Mm-hmm. I was born in Lebanon. Mm-hmm. And during the Civil War in Lebanon, my dad had done very well, but he'd lost mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. what he had built up because mm-hmm. all of his eggs were in one basket. No one imagined back then. They used to call Lebanon the Switzerland of the Middle East. Right. Okay. So he, he didn't think anything was going to ever mm-hmm. go bad. Right. It was going to be safe. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, they, they lost a lot of things and you know, all their, what they worked for. So mm-hmm. they came here and just had enough to kind of start a business. Mm-hmm. It was a family business. We had to kind of just work together as a family. Right. Everybody had to chip in. Mm-hmm. And I remember being, being seven years old and having to be there every day, mm-hmm. pretty much from nine in the morning mm-hmm. till eight at night. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now, if I had school, I'd go to school. And after right. school, my mom picked me up and take mm-hmm. me. You, can't, you went work. right to work. Mm-hmm. So it, now back then, I didn't realize the value that was that was providing for me. Right. As, it was it was a very valuable lesson. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it was hell at the time. Yeah, as a kid, you're like, but mom. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah, I kind of missed out on my childhood, mm-hmm. but I learned a lot of valuable lessons. But when I left, my dad finally sold the business and retired from that. Mm-hmm. I just needed to find some way to be able to live my life and never be chained geographically to something. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to feel like I was stuck, never having time. Because there was a time period between the age of 10 and 14, I can say, where I really needed my dad. I wanted, I wanted the a relationship, the mm-hmm. friendship, the, you know, and he just wasn't emotionally or physically right. available. For and me. he was so busy. Exactly. He was busy mm-hmm. and he was stressed. And um, and he just never had patience for it. And so it it, it left a very difficult scar in my heart. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it actually led to a lifelong issue where I I really my dad and I just never um saw eye to eye we were just Mm -hmm. at odds with each other and i left i think the house at like 19 i just really hated both my parents Mm -hmm. i was very resentful i I look back and i realized there were circumstances Mm -hmm. they were wise i was 
foolish and full of myself. Full of right. You thought you knew more than they did. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think I realized that, um, that it was actually, no, they knew, they, they, they knew what was going on and, and mm-hmm. I didn't, um, I mm-hmm. think around the time I was about 30. Mm. And so I, I kind of figured that out finally, but it took, it took a lot. And from that spurred on a journey mm-hmm. where I began to learn. I started reading a bunch of books, mm-hmm. a lot of things on personal growth, but a lot on business and marketing. Mm-hmm. How do you create value for yourself? How do you build skill sets so that you're valuable and you're different mm-hmm. and unique in the world? So you're not doing something that everyone else can do. Mm-hmm. And that's where I started kind of focusing on how to gain specialized knowledge. Okay. And I began to, first, it, it kind of led me down the path of just being very proficient at business development mm-hmm. and that whole thing. And I did, mm-hmm. I started consulting and I was doing good with that. And that really was what funded my, all of my frustrating experiences of the roller coaster experience mm-hmm. in, the, in the financial markets, trying to find something in the, in the market to be consistent mm-hmm. with. And so all of that really was kind of building towards how do I, how can I make money, but in a way that isn't controlling my life, that it gives me time freedom. Mm -hmm. Time freedom was critically important for me. Mm -hmm. And so I got myself to a place where I was doing well enough Mm -hmm. where my fees and and what I charged and how I charged um, really enabled me to have that time freedom. Mm -hmm. But then I started then in 1996, the whole trading revolution, right? right? Trade for a living. Anyone who's made any money um, usually likes to look at the stock market and, and try to see what they can do and mm-hmm. kind of leverage that. And it gets a little bit of addictive, you could say, because, mm-hmm. because it's a, it feels great when you make money, when you right. don't, you feel like, wait a second, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm smart. I was successful mm-hmm. here. I, I, I did this. Mm-hmm. Why can I not crack right. this nut? Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think it's a personal thing. Like maybe it's my discipline. Maybe mm-hmm. it's my, uh, my management. Maybe it's mm-hmm. my uh, trade psychology. Mm-hmm. All those things are true in the traditional sense, but mm-hmm. What we don't realize, and most people don't realize, is, is that the industry really is structured and set up to work against them. Mm-hmm. And so, like right on the brokerage statement, when you look at a, when you have a brokerage account, it tells mm-hmm. you that in the risk disclosure that the broker is often going to be taking the position against yours. Mm-hmm. Well, now wait a second. Yeah, aren't they if supposed I'm, to be working for me? Mm-hmm. Right. But then the other thing kind of starts to kind of play in the back of my mind. Well, if they're trading against me, that must mean. That they know that most people who take a position in the market are making the wrong decision and they're going to take the opposite position to make money on that. Mm-hmm. 97% of all traders, people mm-hmm. who are involved in the market actively, fail to be successful and make money. They're actually losing money. Mm-hmm. All right. So that statistic is really alarming. So you think, well, wait a second, if that's the case, well, well then where's the hope? Where's, mm-hmm. So, and this, if you pretty much everyone I've ever talked to, in professionals, I have professionals that come to me. Um, whether you're a professional or non-professional, they all complain about the same exact thing. It's inconsistency. inconsistency right. It goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. <laughs> and, and they have no, it's like mm-hmm. they have no way of knowing how to control that mm-hmm. other than to manage that risk so that when it gets too much, they cut it off and they say, wait a second, something's changed. I need to look at what's, what's right. happening, what's working now. Mm-hmm. Next, next new thing. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is the experience I had. So when I went to the capital markets in 1996, I began to invest in my education to learn how to trade for a living mm-hmm. um, because you could do it on, with a part-time effort. A lot of people think you have to spend your you know, hours a day mm-hmm. staring at the screen. You don't have to do that. You can spend mm-hmm. 10 to 15 hours mm-hmm. a week, mm-hmm. very part-time. A couple hours a day, two to three hours a day is plenty. You can do it before mm-hmm. your work, after work. Now the market's available 24 hours pretty much, right. mm-hmm. you know, almost 24 hours, five days a week. So you're not limited that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I went through that learning curve, it took literally 14 years <coughs> and over $300,000 just in trading education mm-hmm. investment. And I had nothing to show for it. Mm. I, it, I would, I'd be very diligent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd be very, you know, disciplined about what I do. Mm-hmm. I'm a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. It, so it'd work. Mm-hmm. For a little while, and then it would start to work inconsistently, mm-hmm. poorly, or not at all. Right. And it would just, oh, what's going on? Why is mm-hmm. this not working? And then there's always some weird, well, the market's changed. Or, right. well, here, there, here's version 2.0. I'm getting, yeah, I'm like up- we said, squirrel. <laughs> That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and sometimes the person who's, who's selling you says, well, here we have a version 2.0. There's a constant mm-hmm. update or upgrade, and it's more money. And, and it's like, where, where, what other industry is like that? I mean, you don't go to medical school become a doctor and then all of a sudden 
you can't really be a doctor. You have to go back to medical school again. Right. You don't go to a pilot school, learn how to become a pilot. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden you can't fly airplanes. You got to go back to pilot school, learn how to fly mm -hmm. airplanes. It, it, you just, you go to school once mm -hmm. and you can build a very successful, very stable, mm -hmm. very steady and consistent career mm -hmm. for as long as you want to go. So why is that not the experience of the market? So mm -hmm. no matter what institution, academy, uh, educator, training, nothing gave me something sustainable and consistent. It turns out they all complain about the same, same thing themselves. The, the mm -hmm. very educators are victims of the very mm -hmm. inconsistency. And even the professionals mm -hmm. deal with inconsistency. So mm -hmm. after 14 years, I'd hit a kind of a rock bottom moment. And emotionally, spiritually, I had some, I had a, 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 in my business, I had a, had a partner that embezzled money and blew us up. Mm -hmm. I was very painful. And my brother said to me, you know, why don't you find a way to just be consistent and not have to, do, you know, care about whether you have a partner or not, don't have a partner, don't worry about other people. Just it's, you have full control over that. Mm -hmm. I said, it's great. Just one problem. I've been trying to be consistent for 14 years and <laughs> just, there's, there's something's wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. It just doesn't, it's not clicking. And he's like, he's like, well, you're the guy who has faith in God. You trust God. And mm -hmm. you know, he, he, nothing's impossible with him. Why don't you pray about it? Mm -hmm. And it, that thought had never occurred to me. <laughs> right. mm -hmm. <laughs> because very, you're like, God, finance, no. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. But it turns out, you know, it's a, I learned a, a principle in life, which is, you know, and it, it really, it, it's amazing. It just works out. There's a spiritual principle. You know, God makes his plan. Uh, excuse me. Man, man, uh, man, uh, we man make plans, plan and, God laughs. Yeah, right. mm -hmm. and, and God laughs, right? Mm -hmm. And God direct, but God can direct our steps. Mm -hmm. So man makes his plan, God directs his steps. So mm -hmm. I thought, well, wait a second. I, I'm self-willed i'm directing mm -hmm. my own steps so i i had kind of a little bit of a come to jesus moment i had mm -hmm. a little crisis moment and i literally just surrendered i said you know what mm -hmm. i'm gonna give this to you i don't even know what mm -hmm. to do i'm frustrated mm -hmm. i'm broken i don't get it uh, everything's blown up mm -hmm. this is the only thing that seems to uh, be available that would actually give me any real control but mm -hmm. but i haven't figured out how to make it consistent um i don't think it's me because i've done everything diligently mm -hmm. the way I'm supposed to be doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's clear that systems are failing. So what do I do? You know, mm -hmm. and, and you know what? I, I don't want, I'm tired of even trying to succeed for my sake, mm -hmm. but I, you know, I, I'm just a humiliating mess. Do what you want with me mm -hmm. and let it be for your glory. Let mm -hmm. it be for your, you know, let, let, let it right. point the finger back mm -hmm. at you. So now I got to tell you something. If you're my mother, Mm -hmm. You'd be very concerned about me when I finished school because I struggled through school. Mm -hmm. I was so, I was such a, I was so not inclined mm -hmm. academically that I had to take weekly progress report cards home. Ooh, weekly. Ooh, okay. I had to go to summer school multiple times. Mm -hmm. I failed math mm -hmm. twice, not mm -hmm. once in high school, and on my. Senior year of high school, mm -hmm. my last year, my economics teacher of all mm -hmm. subjects, Mr. Okoye, two to three weeks before graduation, he's telling everyone he's giving us all the grades, everyone the grades, and you know, and he leaves me out of the whole role, right? Until uh -oh. the very end. And <laughs> mm -hmm. so he says, Corey, come see me. Come see me at 7:45 <laughs> in the morning on the day of graduation. Mm -hmm. Why? 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 Mm -hmm. The day of graduation. The day of, mm -hmm. yeah, literally the morning. It's mm -hmm. it, that graduation start ceremony starts at nine. Mm -hmm. He wants to see me at seven forty-five. Mm -hmm. I said, but I, why? Is mm -hmm. it because I don't know if I'm going to let you graduate this year or not? Yikes! I'm just getting chills telling you to remind mm -hmm. myself the story. I said, you're not. I have to prepare. I mean, I, I need to. He's yeah. Like, not, what do I tell mom and dad? <laughs> oh, do you know the hell, the mental hell that that was? That that oh, yeah. Me in? I could just <laughs> see, you know, calling and saying, no need to get in the cab. <laughs> <laughs> I was so freaked out. And he, and he literally had, he, he didn't care. I, I, I said, how am I going to, I need to prepare. He's like, that's not my problem. You go figure that out. Mm -hmm. I said, can you, I mean, are you leaning this way or that? He says, don't keep nagging me mm -hmm. or I'll make my decision right now. And you right. Know, and it won't be what you want. <laughs> and it won't be what you want. I, I, we'll deal with this for, for another year next year. I shut my mouth. 
And I just went and I said, you know what? I'm going to pretend I'm graduating. I'm going to get everything ready. Mm -hmm. And if he says to me, you're not going to graduate, I'll figure out how to deal with it then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it All of a sudden you've got stomach flu, right? Oh my God. <laughs> it was too overwhelming. I couldn't handle it. Mm -hmm. Luckily that morning I walked in mm -hmm. and he had his head down working on the desk and he was mm -hmm. you know, writing something. And, and he, he looks up and he sees me and he goes, takes a piece of paper and says, here, Corey, get out of my face. I don't want to see you for another year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so he, D minus, just a hair above fail. Oh, okay. So you let me graduate. Mm -hmm. So now you think about then mm -hmm. and now. Right. I'm not the guy that you would think could develop. Right. And, and you're clearly intelligent. So something was, was just not a good match there. I'm telling you, there was something that was working through me, mm -hmm. which the only explanation is God's grace, God's mm -hmm. mercy. And, and I find like whenever we kind of realize how dependent we are mm -hmm. on, because if you think about all success, you know, people who work harder than you, they're smarter than you, and yet they don't succeed. They, they struggle. And you wonder like, why they seem so deserving. Why, why am I successful? And that person isn't right. Then you've got people that are lazy, right? And they're always walking to dumb luck and they're doing great in life. So it's like, we've got these two extremes. So there's. Mm -hmm. of like medical school or, you know, thing. but I mean, entrepreneurial stuff, right? Mm -hmm. the, the thing that's important to figure out is there's always, there are always factors that are outside of your control mm -hmm. that are required to show up so that your preparedness, when opportunity crosses mm -hmm. path with you being prepared, success can occur. Mm -hmm. But if you're always prepared, but opportunity doesn't show up, mm -hmm. success doesn't happen. Right. If opportunities are always showing up, but you're not prepared, success mm -hmm. doesn't happen. Right. So it has to be that, that match. It has to mm -hmm. be that thing. So I realized there's something outside of me that's going to bring this together. Mm -hmm. So that was when I had that that moment, and it was it, it was that was the turning point, and that led me eventually to an, uh, a situation in which I thought I had something yet again, mm -hmm. and then yet again it broke my heart. It disappointed me, and I almost punched my computer monitor, mm -hmm. and I held myself back, and I was just boiling over, and I went and I said, you know what, I'm going to just get out of here. I'm going to go to the beach to just kind of calm down. So I go to the beach to calm down, sit on a bench, and I'm watching these 17 surfers. Mm -hmm. And I know <clears throat> I, I'm boiling over. So it's, I mean, it's not, I don't have a habit of sitting there counting people in the ocean, but. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 17 is kind of a very specific number. <laughs> right. I'm counting them because I think I'm trying to distract myself just from my thoughts that are just boiling over. And I'm mm -hmm. counting them and I'm, and I'm, so I'm seeing 17 surfers, but there's two off to the left and they don't seem to be very active like the 15 who kept taking wave after wave, mm -hmm. you know, but they would like take waves after wave and they would crash and burn on some, they would have some good rides on, on, on others. And these other two that were kind of just sitting there didn't seem to take very many waves at all. And I thought, mm -hmm. Oh, those are probably amateurs learning from these regulars that are here all the time. After about an hour, an hour and a half, I realized every time those two that are off to the side, took a, a wave, mm -hmm. they had a very nice, smooth ride that went almost all the way into the shore. Ah. And it hit me and I said, wait a second, those are the pros mm -hmm. and the 15 are the amateurs. Right. And the pros- Trying way, everything they could. Right. And, mm -hmm. and they were, and so they had a way to filter out what waves were not likely to give them a bad ride. Mm -hmm. Now that was an epiphany because that was the pivot point that changed everything for me because it changed my perspective. Mm -hmm. I realized the 15 were looking for opportunities to ride a wave, a good wave, right? To surf a good wave. Mm -hmm. But the two off to the side were looking for opportunities that were not likely to give them a bad ride. Mm -hmm. That same concept suddenly clicked in my mind. I thought, mm -hmm. wait a second, I'm going to the markets looking for opportunities to make money. But mm -hmm. really what I should be doing is I need to be looking for opportunities that are not likely to lose money. Right. Mm -hmm. And that changes everything. Mm -hmm. Even if that, you're just staying the same, that's that's good. It, yes and no. I mean, you, you want to obviously be going up, but you don't want to yeah. be going down. You don't want to be going down. Mm -hmm. What people don't realize is a lot of times they, they buy and hold, mm -hmm. they, they might go up mm -hmm. and then they, they, they give money back. And maybe they're break even when they want to pull out 20 mm -hmm. years later. They go, wow, this, I've just, you know, I've lost 30%, 50% mm -hmm. of my portfolio. 
took however many years to get there. We had a crash. We had a, a like we had a case. pandemic. We had a pandemic, <laughs> right? What what if you know we had a, a market that that uh, did what the Nikkei did? The Nikkei hit an all time high, went mm-hmm. down, and didn't recover, mm-hmm. right? So what if we don't recover? What happens when mm-hmm. someone wants to pull out? Suddenly they're looking at something that goes, oh, geez, well. I don't have a great retirement, but you know, thank God I didn't lose my my main principal capital that I that I started with, right? Mm-hmm. No, you did lose your principal capital because inflation has eaten away your principal capital. So, you know, what a hundred thousand dollars meant ten years ago doesn't doesn't right. mm-hmm. buy the same stuff at hundred you know today with a hundred thousand. So, so we are losing when we're staying safe. So we do want to be ahead of inflation, right? Mm-hmm. But we want to be ahead of inflation in a way that's controlled, mm-hmm. that's not stressful, mm-hmm. that's consistent so that you can compound reliably, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This is what I call making peaceful profits. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, because a lot of people who are involved in the markets are stressed, mm-hmm. right? They're wrestling with the markets and it doesn't have to be that way. What mm-hmm. this journey led me to was developing and, and kind of li- literally inventing a whole new way of looking at the markets and how to an- analyze it. I thought for a while that if I had all of the fundamental analysis and technical analysis working together, you know, I, that I basically could could be consistent because I had everything I needed. I, I found out through a series of serendipitous events that there was eight major factors that affect supply and demand, mm-hmm. right? And if you think about the fact that everything that caught, uh, let's step back for a second. What causes price in any market, whether it's real estate or financial markets, but obviously specifically in the financial markets, what causes price to go up when there's more demand? Demand. Mm-hmm. What price? What causes price to go down when demand shrinks? Or right. Demand, less demand. demand. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And that obviously affects supply and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But at the end of the day, it's demand that is the leading indicator to where price is going to go. Mm-hmm. We're always focused on the price of things. Professionals especially are focused on the price of things. Mm-hmm. Fundamental analysis is inherently focused on the price of things, mm-hmm. value, right? Um, technical analysis, the price of things. Well, mm-hmm. there's geopolitical forces, mm-hmm. there's volatility, there's market sentiment, there's mm-hmm. liquidity levels, there's volume, there's order flow, there's trade flow. There's mm-hmm. uh, things I call prime liquidity pools. It's mm-hmm. the elasticity of, a, of a, an area where the market can be manipulated and, mm-hmm. and insiders like market makers and brokers mm-hmm. Can, can see that and know where they can manipulate a market. Mm-hmm. And that causes people to feel very frustrated when they feel like uh, a market came and hit them and mm-hmm. you know, stopped them out of a market, you know, it felt very personal. It's because they're not aware that they're inside of a prime liquidity pool. Mm-hmm. So if you know that that's there, wouldn't you want to take that into account? So you're not a victim by that. Right. You're not victimized mm-hmm. by that. Uh, you have the imbalances in supply and demand themselves. Mm-hmm. So there's like outside of technical analysis and fundamental analysis, there's, six other factors that have mm-hmm. to be taken into account that blindside right. people. Mm-hmm. When I realized that, I realized those are all the demand factors that if I can combine them and see what their combined impact on price is going to be, mm-hmm. that's going to be going to give me a very accurate way to analyze any opportunity, no matter how it comes to me, whether mm-hmm. you tell me a rumor, hey, Roger, I heard Tesla's doing this. You know, mm-hmm. I have a friend of Tesla, you know, you should buy mm-hmm. Tesla. Well, guess what? A lot of times people say, oh, I, I heard this and they go mm-hmm. buy it and then nothing happens. The thing actually goes opposite. Right. Well, mm-hmm. You know that we no longer have to be victims of that uncertainty mm-hmm. when, when you actually apply demand analysis. Mm-hmm. And that's what I developed is, is something called market vulnerability analysis, which shows me all the vulnerabilities mm-hmm. by understanding where the real time demand is in the market mm-hmm. at any moment. Once I know where demand is in real time, I can see where price is at versus where demand is at. Right. And to help you get, uh, to give you a visual, think about you have a goal of taking a, a, a road trip that's 250 miles long. Mm-hmm. Okay. You get in the car. Mm-hmm. You already know the goal is 250 miles out. Mm-hmm. But I'm sitting in my car and I see that I have a quarter of a tank of gas left. Mm-hmm. Instantly, I know there's a gap, there's an mm-hmm. imbalance between where my target is mm-hmm. and what I have, where I can go. I don't have to go drive my car stressed and frustrated, w- uncertain about when the car is going to appear out and stop and mm-hmm. stall when it runs out of gas. I don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. I know that I can stop, refuel, get a full tank of gas, mm-hmm. and that'll take me 250 miles down right. to my road trip. I'll get my destination mm-hmm. safely without stress, right? Mm-hmm. I have control over that. That is an objective 
piece of data. Mm-hmm. There's nothing subjective about that. It's not mm-hmm. subject to your interpretation versus mine. We both know quarter tanky gas won't give you 250 miles. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? You've you've got that information there already. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's how how I developed and, and designed my analysis. So you could see visual indication of like on the bottom, you'll see like demand. Mm-hmm. Where it's where it's been the whole time as price goes up and down, mm-hmm. and so like for instance, like when you see, um, I don't look at Tesla very often, but but I had a reason to look at it. I don't know, a couple of months ago, but it was like up at a thousand plus. Mm-hmm. You look below where I've combined all the demand factors, mm-hmm. and you could see that as price went up, demand went up with it, mm-hmm. and price kind of retraced, pulled back a little bit, mm-hmm. and came back up to retest the the previous high mm-hmm. when it when it made that high. Mm-hmm. Well, when it came back up, the demand on the bottom mm-hmm. reflected that it was back to where it was when it was in the 700s. So mm-hmm. it's a visual indicator. It's like, like your fuel gauge in your car, right? right. So it goes up, it goes down. Mm-hmm. So the fuel, right, what's going to power the market, mm-hmm. power the price up mm-hmm. or down, was showing that it was at the same level as it was the last time it was when it was at 700. So that tells ah. me visually mm-hmm. price is at an unsustainable height, $1,000. Price is going to be right. There's a three hundred dollar difference, right? Mm-hmm. That's a thirty percent drop. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what happens? Demand always moves first, and there's always a lag. Price then follows after. Mm-hmm. That little lag is what creates that imbalance that we mm-hmm. can arbitrage or take advantage of that difference to pocket the difference, whether it's short right. or long. So mm-hmm. whether the market goes up or down, we don't care. Mm-hmm. And so now, here's what happens. When I see that, mm-hmm. I know that within a very short period of time, in a very timely way, not at some point Tesla's going to mm-hmm. crash. No, we know right. in a very timely mm-hmm. way that in the next day or two or mm-hmm. three, we're going to see Tesla coming back down to 700 is a mm-hmm. 30% correction. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in Tesla, I can take an exit without second guessing myself and being stressed. I know objectively mm-hmm. it's going to correct 30%. And sure enough, it corrected 30%. Mm-hmm. And since I started doing this, I like to do things live in real time because you can't fake or cheat that because people right. can look at their own mm-hmm. monitor and go, oh, yeah, I mean, it's, that's, mm-hmm. he's not making that up. That's you not turn on CNN and you can see, oh, yeah, that's exactly right. what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not pre-recorded. They, they see it. It's right there. Well, I forecasted live in front of a, a worldwide audience mm-hmm. the all the major crashes. Mm. Okay. Since I started, since I developed this back mm-hmm. in 2010. So we had the 2015, we had the 2018, mm-hmm. we had the coronavirus, mm-hmm. you know, and these things are are, are there. People mm-hmm. can go and validate that. And so w- what's important is to recognize I no longer have to be a victim mm-hmm. of sudden or surprising moves or crash right. or crashes in the market. Mm-hmm. Why? Because demand moves first, price moves later. Now, mm-hmm. here's a, a great example because people say, well, wait a second, you can't predict when a terrorist attack happens. So how are you going to be able to mm-hmm. forecast that? We're not forecasting. We're not forecasting an event that tr- that triggers mm-hmm. a move. Right. Okay. We're forecasting where price is going to go based on what demand is telling us. Mm-hmm. So remember when Chipotle Mexican Grill had an E. coli breakout in their mm-hmm. in their restaurants? Right. Were- and their stock went. Okay, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now you might say to me, Roger, how can you how can this help you in a in a in a situation like that? I understand on a day to day basis you know, where you right. can get in and you can mm-hmm. do that. And that, that sounds great. But what, how mm-hmm. do you put yourself against these unforeseen mm-hmm. things? Well, here's what's interesting. Like a storm, it doesn't just show up and pop up over your head. Mm-hmm. You'll see, right? There's environmental factors that have to occur and combine in order for clouds to form. Mm-hmm. And then that's not enough. Mm-hmm. These environmental factors have to continue to evolve to cause those clouds to produce rain mm-hmm. or produce a storm, right? Right. So these are things that you can identify mm-hmm. and they take time to build, which mm-hmm. makes them forecastable. Mm-hmm. No market suddenly corrects or crashes without an environment that is mm-hmm. conducive for such an event. Mm-hmm. So if you had a market that was not conducive for a crash and you had a terrorist attack, what you mm-hmm. would see is a single digit. Mm-hmm decline that begins to accelerate throughout the day as more and more people catch on. Mm-hmm. That gives you plenty of time to not have a bad experience where you had mm-hmm. double digit losses. You can actually take defensive action. Mm-hmm. But when a market is actually environmentally situated where it's vulnerable to a significant crash mm-hmm. and that trigger happens, mm-hmm. 
then you'll see a double digit very quickly. Right. You get that steep decline very quickly. Mm-hmm. Right. So now here's what's 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 the saving grace. In both instances, you're going to see that where the environmental factors are that are the demand factors that can affect price. Mm-hmm. So in the uh, uh, Chipotle Mexican Grill, for instance, you saw eight weeks prior the demand had shifted. I think it was like at least two to three hundred dollars below hmm. its high, mm-hmm. and it sat at its highs and hovered mm-hmm. and can, you know just kind of went up and down around right. the highs. Mm-hmm. For several weeks. Mm-hmm. And then when the E. coli breakout happened, mm-hmm. well, the environment was already conducive, it was vulnerable. And th- then it plummeted and crashed very quickly, right? right? So, in other words, if you had this analysis and you applied it on Chipotle Mexico, you would mm-hmm. know to lighten your load or get off an exit mm-hmm. because you have something that's not sustainable in terms of where price mm-hmm. is at. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, it's the not sustainable part that I think is is what people aren't understanding because yeah they they see oh this looks great and and it at a certain point in time it probably is um, but but yeah nothing is sustainable nothing I don't care what it is um, right. you know and and you know the, there's only so far that that things can go up I mean so they have to correct and come back down you know and and. I mean, it's, it, I mean, we did have the perfect storm two years ago with COVID, yeah. with the, the war um, in, um, y- you know, with, with Russia, with supply chain demand. I mean, all of those things. But so it's like you said, so many of the things that dropped a lot were overly inflated to start with. And so the tiniest little tweak went, um, you know, and, and, and so that's where people just have to look. It's like, no, wait a minute. It's, it's, it's almost that it's too good to be true rule you know this this is this looks really good and that's where people invest well they shouldn't have you know unless they're going okay well i can get out really pretty quickly too um but you know because you know we all we've all heard the adage you know buy low sell high correct um but yeah it's it's not but yeah you know and i think that's where so many people do get stung is they're thinking oh my gosh this is fabulous it's doing very well yes and so that's when they, you know, they jump in, and they're not stopping to think, okay, this really can't continue to go up, right? Um, you know, and and so then that's where I'm assuming then you start combining things, where well, some it, some is going up and some is going down. You kind of want this average type of doing well. So what interestingly, uh, what what the analysis does is allows you to take any opportunity on whatever, whether you're a, an intraday focused person where you want to get in and out, you know, and day trade, or you mm-hmm. want to swing trade or position trade or, mm-hmm. you know, invest for longer, you apply this analysis. It acts like a risk filter. What it tells you, imagine kind of this rubber band. Okay. Mm-hmm. What it shows you at any moment is if you think something's good, mm-hmm. where people fall short is they don't know before they commit capital to an mm-hmm. investment whether it's going to succeed or mm-hmm. fail. Okay. Right. They just have done their analysis and for mm-hmm. whatever they have that they're equipped with at the mm-hmm. moment, they see it as a good opportunity. Mm-hmm. Okay. But they don't know before they get in, whether it's mm-hmm. going to actually work out or not. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that uncertainty, not knowing is, is where my analysis fills that gap mm-hmm. so that you can know with at least an 80 to 90% level mm-hmm. of accuracy that the opportunity that you've assessed is looks good to you and that you want to, mm-hmm. you're interested in investing in. Guess what? Before you put money behind it, you can actually apply the analysis and mm-hmm. see is demand at a place that's actually going to, going to cause price mm-hmm. to move and hit your target, or mm-hmm. is demand not going to give you what you're looking for? Right. So you'll know whether you succeed or fail mm-hmm. before you commit any money to it. Right. Okay. So you don't have to guess anymore. You can mm-hmm. actually, and so this rubber band here, it, it, you could see like when it's stretched out, it presents an, a, an opportunity for it to snap back, mm-hmm. right? But that's just an opportunity for it to snap back. But it has an opportunity to continue stretching even further mm-hmm. away. Right. Well, or it can go too far. And, and go too far. Mm-hmm. So it's important to know whether it's poised to continue stretching mm-hmm. and going further away, mm-hmm. or it's no longer able to continue to go further away from demand. It has to catch back up to where demand is because right. price is always fluctuating. Mm-hmm. Right. It's always chasing demand. Right. Mm-hmm. So as demand goes out, it's going to follow. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it overshoots and it comes back. And so this is the kind of relationship we have. We want, we want to be able to analyze very accurately with at least an 80 to 90% accuracy mm-hmm. when 
not only there's a, an imbalance in the market mm-hmm. that can snap back, no, but when where there's a significant imbalance where statistically, there's not much room for the price to continue further away from demand. It has mm-hmm. to come back now to catch right. up. And that creates a very low mm-hmm. risk, high probability opportunity mm-hmm. to arbitrage or take advantage of the difference for mm-hmm. profit. This is what creates a very consistent, steady, low to no stress experience to outpace and outperform the market, mm-hmm. which outpaces inflation very easily without the stress and a very part-time mm-hmm. effort. And that's right. what demand and balance arbitrage is. So mm-hmm. demand and balance arbitrage is arbitraging between where uh, prices versus mm-hmm. where the actual demand really is mm-hmm. when there's a significant imbalance. Mm-hmm. So we're looking for, you know, you might see, you know, 10 opportunities, mm-hmm. but 80% of them actually are not situated with a high probability. Right you know, low mm-hmm. stress environment, mm-hmm. you're, it's going to challenge you mm-hmm. and likely to fail. So we want to get the 10 or 20% that actually mm-hmm. are going to work out in our favor without stressing us out. So right. out of like a 10 hour commitment of giving yourself a part-time effort to just look at where opportunities mm-hmm. are at, you might be active only 10 or 20% of the time. The rest of the time mm-hmm. you're saying, yeah, I see opportunity here, but it doesn't mm-hmm. look good. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm seeing a stormy I'm hold. condition. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Just stay out. Why stress mm-hmm. myself out? It's like, I can forecast when a storm is coming, mm-hmm. but it's. I should also have enough wisdom to know I shouldn't go run errands in the middle of a storm. Mm-hmm. Let the storm pass, right? Right. Those are moments of higher risk, higher mm-hmm. stress, more pressure. Yeah, like like all the people who cashed out when COVID hit. Yes. No, that was that was the worst possible time. Now, you know, granted, there were people who absolutely needed that money. Yeah. Um, but but you know, if you didn't need that money, you really did need to just hold on. Now there might have been some things you needed to switch around. But it shouldn't have been this mass exodus, which a okay, lot of people so did. With the, with, with the analysis, you wouldn't have had to sit through that 30% right. drop. Mm-hmm. So so you, when you have this analysis, you look mm-hmm. at, at a client, for instance, I'll give you his example. He was looking at the market actively and he saw that when the market made a new high mm-hmm. and then pulled back when the, during the coronavirus, mm-hmm. it was a, an all-time high and it pulled back just a little bit. He saw mm-hmm. that when it pulled back, mm-hmm. demand didn't just come down, it crashed. Uh-oh. So he knew mm-hmm. because of my analysis mm-hmm. in real time, mm-hmm. demand was going to trigger a coming double digit correction. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so get he, out of that one. <laughs> exactly. So he called mm-hmm. his, his uh, money manager for his mm-hmm. retirement, his 401k. And he mm-hmm. says, please move my money into all, mm-hmm. just go into all cash. I don't want to be mm-hmm. in the markets. Right. Yeah. Let's not worry about it at all for a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and then on his brokerage account, he took mm-hmm. a short. Mm-hmm. So on his little, t- on his little, you know, brokerage account, he made 35% in two days. Mm-hmm. He avoided a 30% crash on his mm-hmm. retirement account. And then when it bottomed began to recover, mm-hmm. he got back in and right. rode it back up mm-hmm. as a gain rather mm-hmm. than filling a financial hole that he would have mm-hmm. had if he just left it in. Right. See, like, wh- why would you hold, why would you stay in a market mm-hmm. and then just wait for it to come back and recover? You're losing time. You're paralyzed. You have paralyzed capital. Right. It's not being productive. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Let's say you have a 50% cr- crash. Mm-hmm. I want you to think about that for a second. If it recovers 100%, mm-hmm. what have you recovered? You just got back to your starting point. Actually, it's, it's you know, it's lower because, right, it, it during that time period, it could have been earning more. Yeah. So here's what happens. If you lose 50% of your portfolio, mm-hmm. the market can't just recover for you to recover. The market mm-hmm. would have to double Right. For you to get back to break to even. make up, yep. Mm-hmm. So why would we do that to ourselves? This is the the, the what, what we're taught. Oh, stay in, don't cash out. You know, it, 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 double down, put more. Well, what if it doesn't recover? What if we happen to hit a cycle that doesn't recover? Mm-hmm. Right, like the Nikkei. That's mm-hmm. a great example. Well, so with this, we can mm-hmm. protect ourselves against the downside. We can significantly reduce our downside risk exposure mm-hmm. without limiting our upside potential because mm-hmm. we're, we're doing real-time demand analysis. Does that right. make sense? Mm-hmm. So that's the difference with this. It really is empowers people, mm-hmm. gives them more control, mm-hmm. gives them objective clarity, mm-hmm. it gives them consistency, which gives them confidence. That's the four mm-hmm. vital C's I talk about. Right. You know, and, and the important thing for people is, is with anything that, that we talk about, you have to have goals. You know, you have to know, you know, okay, so maybe if it's a financial goal, you're thinking, okay, I need X number of dollars to retire. Yes. Or to take vacation or whatever. And and you have to have that goal. I mean, it's like sales. I have to know I, you know, I want to sell X number of products. Because if we don't have those goals, 
we don't know when we get there. Um, and it's kind of back to your, your 250 mile thing. That's great. But if you don't know which way you were going, it's not going to make any difference at all. Right. You know, you, you have to tell that GPS or your map or wherever I'm going to X. You, know, you can adjust along the way. You can do all sorts of things, but you can't just go off willy nilly. I mean, you could, but um, you know, you, you have to have sat down and really thought about this. So, you know, are your goals long-term goals? You know, I'm going to retire in 20 years. Here's what I need. Or I want a way cool vacation next year. Here's what I need. Um, because you are going to make different decisions based on what those goals are. Correct. Or I get a lot of guys who are executives or business owners mm -hmm. who just want to get out the, or doctors who want to get out of the grind. Right. right. Mm -hmm. And so they have a, they have a, a healthy portfolio mm -hmm. that they want to be able to use and invest wisely. And so mm -hmm. depending on the amount that they have, mm -hmm. because of the consistency that allows mm -hmm. them to compound and outperform the markets, mm -hmm. they have a very realistic potential mm -hmm. to actually replace their full-time income mm -hmm. cash flowing the market right. over a two to four or five year mm -hmm. period, depending again with what they mm -hmm. start with, because of the consistency and they can actually mm -hmm. switch out of whatever they're doing, mm -hmm. start to actually live life a little bit rather mm -hmm. than being chained to the office all right. day long. Right. right. And that's, that's a critical aspect. Mm -hmm. So consistency is key because without mm -hmm. consistency, we have nothing. Right. right. But mm -hmm. we have to have that controlled mm -hmm. outcome. We mm -hmm. want to control our experience. So we're not mm -hmm. stressed along the way. Cause if we're stressed and making money, that's not sustainable either. Mm -hmm. We're going to make mistakes because of that pressure. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Stress and pressure makes us do weird things. Mm -hmm. We want to avoid that. We want to control mm -hmm. that. We want to control our outcomes so that we know that if I'm mm -hmm. applying this, I know that I'm going to have a very uh, stable, realistic, consistent outcome mm -hmm. that I can depend on. I can bank right. on. Right. You know, and you used a word earlier that's very important too, and that's conservative. Um, you know, and 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 that all depends on the the person. I mean, some people are are totally risk adverse. Some people like some. I mean, you know, years ago when I got married, years ago, um, I had invested in tech. So I had IBM, I had, you know, all these various, because they were making lots of money. I mean, you know, this is 30 years ago. This is when that stuff was going crazy. Yeah. My husband, who is, that's his business, looked at that and went, no. <laughs> you know, he said, that's nice, but, um, and, you know, and, and I was like, oh, okay. I mean, you know, I just thought, oh, hey, it was making lots of money. And he said, now, <laughs> But it, it can't continue going up, like we were saying. Um, you know, so we kept some there because, you know, okay, that was, um, you know, but, but yeah, it was like, you know, let's, let's move stuff. And, and um, you know, and, and, but it is, I think, and, and there's, you know, there's, there's lots of other factors. I mean, you know, there are people who, and I know some people who think that crypto is the greatest thing in the world. I wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot pole. Yeah. Now I'm also a lot older than they are. So, you know, that's, that's part of the difference too. Um, yeah. you know, we were laughing before the program, invest in gold. <laughs> you know? yeah. you know? um, but, but yeah, it's, there's, there's so many things that need to be taken into account when you're developing your portfolios. I mean, are you the head of household, you know, all these various things and, and, but what I love is, you know, a big part of it is teaching the youngsters, you know, I want to go back to that, you know, teaching that high school kid, because if we learned all of this stuff, when we were that age, holy kishmoli, we'd be on those big lists, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. If I only knew then what I know now. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, and you know, and, and I, I think there is something to say about mm -hmm. having the ability to, whether you're risk averse or you're mm -hmm. not having a process that's mm -hmm. consistent right mm -hmm. that allows you to make good decisions mm -hmm. that are going to be right where you know up front that it's proven to give me right decisions because the analysis is always going to produce right. an 80 to 90 percent mm -hmm. correct outcome mm -hmm. right that's a level of peace of mind and control that people have and so if someone's let's say super conservative mm -hmm. well the process is conservative right. on its own, mm -hmm. right? It's mm -hmm. it's giving you stability. Mm -hmm. It's reducing the volatility of your mm -hmm. account and your experience. It's um it's also um enabling you to have a level of control and risk reduction without giving up the outcome that you hope to have. So for instance, there are people who are risk averse, right? But they they, they wish they could make more and they've been mm -hmm. taught that the risk reward paradigm is well, if you want to get greater returns, you have to assume greater risk. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and, that, you, and they don't like that. So like then they that, just right? hold. So, well, with this, 
when you have that kind of control through analysis accuracy, you no longer are dealing with the uncertainties, the right. unknowns, which by the way, the unknown, not being being uncertain is mm-hmm. what drives greed and fear, which mm-hmm. are destructive forces. Right. You, but if I have knowledge of something mm-hmm. I know with total objectivity, there's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing, mm-hmm. you, you wouldn't be afraid that your car's not going to run on gas when you have a full tank of gas. Right. Right? You're watching that needle. Mm-hmm. So that uh, objectivity is what mm-hmm. I offer clients who come mm-hmm. and learn this analysis process, mm-hmm. which is it's a skill set. And it's not mm-hmm. a fad. I've been doing this for 10, 11 years now. Since 2010, I developed it for myself. In 2011, I began teaching it formally with, uh, to people. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never once updated it. Mm-hmm. I've never tweaked it. I've never fixed it. I've never wow. modified it. It's mm-hmm. the same. It works. Why? Because mm-hmm. it's built on principles that are mm-hmm. unchanging. Mm-hmm. Demand is always going to be there just like right. gravity, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't change. Mm-hmm. So we can actually work with that. There's never a version 2.0. Mm-hmm. There's never a next new thing. We no longer have to worry about what the market's mm-hmm. doing next because we're outside of that. We're measuring mm-hmm. just like the weather. Measure, the meteorologists aren't going back to school and inventing new right. instruments. The clouds are the clouds are the clouds. Mm-hmm. So they, they learn how to, how to do weather forecasts based mm-hmm. on all these instruments that are set. And it mm-hmm. gives them all the information they need. And no matter mm-hmm. where they go in the world, what weather patterns evolve, mm-hmm. they can forecast that mm-hmm. the same, right? right. A, 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 a barometer is going to work the same mm-hmm. on Mount Everest as it does in, in, mm-hmm. in, the, in Death Valley as it mm-hmm. will in the North Pole. It doesn't matter where you put it. Mm-hmm. And so those things are objective data p- mm-hmm. points that don't change. And mm-hmm. so that's what my process was built mm-hmm. upon, which is what gives the consistency. Right. And I think when people look look into that, they realize, wait a second. I have a way to know before I get into mm-hmm. an investment position, whether it's going to succeed or fail and be mm-hmm. right 80% to 90% mm-hmm. of the time. Yeah. You mean I don't have to take greater risk to make greater returns? Mm-hmm. No, no, not, not with this, not anymore. Mm-hmm. Now you can actually flip mm-hmm. the risk reward paradigm on its head. You can actually mm-hmm. reduce dramatically your risk mm-hmm. while increasing your return mm-hmm. potential because of that control that it gives you. Right. It's all about being accurate, right. being, mm-hmm. being objective uh, with your analysis. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there is the disclaimer, you know, nothing is a hundred percent folks. No. <laughs> you know? exactly if right. it was, wouldn't that be fabulous? Like I said, then we'd be on those lists again. Right. Um, but things, things still happen. Um, you know, and, and so yeah, it's, but 80 to 90%, you know, that's, that's something people can live with. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's been end. over a decade now consistently, mm-hmm. like it's impossible for you to, it's like flying an aircraft, mm-hmm. right? It's a process. It, it, very few, like right. if you plane goes process, up, plane yeah. levels, plane comes down. Yeah. And, <laughs> and there's a process on how to how to navigate through weather, right? And there are certain weather we know they've studied that you should keep the plane grounded, right? So mm-hmm. if you follow those rules, you're gonna have a very long, successful, mm-hmm. stable career in the airline industry, right? Mm-hmm. So this is the same thing. It works the same mm-hmm. way because if you want to have anything mm-hmm. that's solid, that's consistent, you can bank mm-hmm. on it, it. Has to really produce mm-hmm. the same way that any other career produces, right? right. Are there medical errors? Mm-hmm. Are there pilot errors? Yeah. Do we have things that happen. Mm-hmm. Yes. But those are like, that's the small fraction of the mm-hmm. time. Right. So, but if we didn't have that consistency and stability mm-hmm. in those careers, we would not have those careers as successful right. as they are. Right. right. So this and is the we hear thing. about the things that go wrong. I mean, yeah. that's just, you know, exactly the way, the way things are. Mm-hmm. And that's what this needs to be. And so that's what this is. Right. Mm-hmm. So people have to think about that. They want to, to, to not just focus mm-hmm. on you know, money, making money, it's mm-hmm. more important to have a process that shields you or guards you against giving that money back when you have any gains. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Right. Yeah. And, key. and it is all about knowledge and education. I mean, you know, this isn't just crystal ball type of things and, Correct. Ooh, this one sounds good today because I like that color. <laughs> you know, I know people who, who literally invested in IBM because they like blue. Um, yeah. Know, yes, I like, know those folks too. Or, or chose not to invest in things because of certain reasons. Um, my my very Catholic uh, mother-in-law had certain things that she would not invest in because the Catholic Church said, no, no, no. Um, yeah, okay. She, she, she's going to follow or she was going to follow that no matter what. But but yeah, it is about being educated and, and knowing what's going on. This And it is, it is something that's going to take time folks. This isn't, Ooh, I'm going to do this today and tomorrow I will be rich. So Roger, tell us more about what it is that, that you provide. So this is actually a skill set, and mm-hmm. it's gaining, acquiring specialized knowledge. And that when you have specialized knowledge, you have, it, it, there's, there's intrinsic value there, right? Mm-hmm. There, there, there's a value that is not easily replicatable, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you have that sort of thing that you, that gives you control, mm-hmm. So what I provide people is I, I like to 
teach people how to fish for themselves so they can feed themselves for the rest of their lives. I don't right. want them dependent on someone else because no one's mm-hmm. going to care more about them or the situation mm-hmm. like, they, like they do. So what I offer is uh, an opportunity where they can be mentored personally by me and mm-hmm. my partner, uh, Bo Yoder, who we both work together to really foster and nurture a community of, of clients and help them to um, give them a very step-by-step personalized approach to how to accomplish their goals, mm-hmm. their lifestyle goals, their, which starts with their investing mm-hmm. goals, right? And so we, we work that out together and we help them give them a plan. But, mm-hmm. but it, that's just kind of the, the general. Mm-hmm. How, do we, how do we execute and accomplish that mm-hmm. is through the, the, the mentoring and the training program that, that, that we have that teaches them the skill mm-hmm. of how to analyze the markets with 80 to 90% mm-hmm. accurate anal- accuracy in their mm-hmm. analysis. So what we do is rather than try to sell anyone anything, we, we, we're not interested in selling them. We, mm-hmm. we like to do the two things that we were taught in kindergarten. We, mm-hmm. we share and we're kind, right? Mm-hmm. So if they want to go to marketforecastingacademy.com, Mm-hmm. What they get to do is they, they get to access a complimentary mini course primer on demand imbalance arbitrage. Mm. And so, you know, you can get through it if you want to binge watch it in like three hours or whatever, you can, you can probably do that, but you can mm-hmm. take your time over three or four or five mm-hmm. days, but it's a, it's a course. It's a little mini course. You learn mm-hmm. everything there is to know about demand imbalance arbitrage. Mm-hmm. It answers 99% of all the questions we've ever been asked in, in the mm-hmm. last 10 years. At the end of that, there's a set of requirements. If they meet the requirements, we know kind of who this is really ideally mm-hmm. suited for and right. who it's not. Mm-hmm. And they want to apply, they can fill out a short application mm-hmm. and then submit to a uh, book and evaluation with me, mm-hmm. where I'll spend some time getting to know them, getting to know their personal situation. And I'll right. see if it's is a good Is this going to work for everybody? Exactly. Because, mm-hmm. you know, anybody can do this, but but it's not for everybody, mm-hmm. right? It, it really, there is, I've found there's personalities, there's circumstances mm-hmm. in, in their lives right. that are not conducive. Mm-hmm. I, you know, so I don't care when someone says, Listen, I gotta have this. I'll, I'll pay you whatever you want. No, no, no. That yeah. that's the red flag. Red that's flag. The red flag. That's why I can't take you right there, just for that reason alone, right? Mm-hmm. So, I so we we do turn down people. Um, it's not. This is not a situation where it's just about you know building our business. We don't. Mm-hmm. We never put profits before people. We put people before profits. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, during the evaluation, I'm looking to make sure that not only is it a good fit but there's not a personality conflict mm-hmm. uh, and that, that I'm confident that I can guarantee their success. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's a little bit like applying to go to a uh, medical school or, you know, you know how they kind right. of look at p- applications mm-hmm. to see whether someone's a good fit for their school. Mm-hmm. And what, they're looking for certain criteria. Why? Cause they want to stamp out success, successful mm-hmm. people. Right. Right. They don't want to waste their time if it's not going to work on, and, right. and they don't want to, they don't want you to waste your time either. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Cause their name and reputation is online. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look me up and do some due diligence, you're going to find out, you're not going to find any negative com- complaints mm-hmm. or comments or reviews, because I just don't promise anything I can't deliver, mm-hmm. right? So I, I take it a very personal approach to make sure that people are handheld and, mm-hmm. and, and we ensure that they're, they're going to succeed and do what it takes. But it is a process and it's very ob- objective. And it's, it's not something that people say, well, do I have to be smart for this? But I don't think I'm smart enough for this. It's got not, you know, if, if you, the, the less intelligent you think you are, the probably the better this mm-hmm. is going to be. Right. You're not going to overanalyze. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. people who are very intelligent, they know they're, they're intelligent, they're academically, mm-hmm. they tend to take something and they want to go beyond the simplicity mm-hmm. of here's how to do this. They start to want to reverse engineer it. They just waste a tremendous amount of time. This is not for that person. If you want to mm-hmm. sit and put your own spin on it, mm-hmm. it's not for you. If you're good at following directions, listen, you don't have to be the sharpest pencil in the box to do this, right? But that's the process. You get to learn through a little, little mini course. It's free, marketforecastingacademy.com. Get access to that course. And then at the end, if you want to uh, go through the evaluation, you feel you meet the criteria, I'll be happy to meet with you personally. And we'll see if this is a good fit. And we can okay. talk about the options from there. Great. Well, so how does somebody connect with you? So again, I think the best way is um, uh, marketforecastingacademy.com mm-hmm. is, is an ideal place to go. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. You know, you look, mm-hmm. look me up, Roger Curry. Um, that's K-H-O-U-R-Y. <laughs> but uh, those are two places you can connect with me. But but I think uh, ideally, rather than reaching out me questions, all the questions are really um, answered in the course. Mm-hmm. So the best place is marketforecastingacademy.com and they'll, they'll get all they need there. 
Perfect. I love it. Well, you know, we have to do this again because I didn't even get through my notes. Um, and so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely do this again. Maybe after after we've come out of COVID and after we've come out of the recession, right? All of those things. Because it's like, right, whatever. Um, I, I, there's a financial guy I listen to on the radio and he goes, <clears throat> recession, every time he says it. Because, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe not. You know, one of those things. But yeah, so so we'll have you on again. But in the meantime, do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? I want to just really inspire everyone to, to don't look at things or opportunities that are likely to make money. Look for opportunities that are not likely to lose money. Shift your focus away from the goal of, I got, I got to make more. I have this, this, you know, goals are, it's good for you to know what your target is, what your goal is supposed to be. Like, you know, what do I, I need to make, you know, 15% a year or 20% a year, or 30% a year. Fine. Just, just know what it is that you need to do. Okay. But once you figure that out, don't focus on trying to make it. Focus on a process that delivers those outcomes for you, right? By just applying the process properly. Because it's a process that delivers the results. That's the key. We look for process that delivers the results we need. Don't go after how do I get, you know, I'm going to try to get this, get that. Don't do that. Look for a process that will get that for you. Perfect. I love it. Well, Roger, I can't wait to have you on again. I am Deb Creer, and until next time, have an absolutely fabulous day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.